That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. You can find our Quit Drinking Do 30 Day Challenge. You can find more podcasts. You can find resources. You can also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Follow us on Instagram at thatsoberguypodcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes for you. Why alcohol sucks butt and you should quit drinking. <laughs> Love that title. I know it's a little foul. I apologize in advance if uh, maybe you had a quick visual. But never have I heard anyone say, I'm really excited to suck some butt. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, just because I've never heard anybody say it doesn't mean that somebody hasn't said it. If that's you, you're gross. But never have I heard anyone say, in addition to the other thing, hey, my drinking habits have uh, really improved my life. (laughs) Things are going great because I've been drinking all the time, a lot. So I figured the two statements really complemented each other very well. I thought, what the heck? We'll title it that. Why alcohol sucks butt and you should quit drinking. But who in their right mind has ever said either one of those and actually been genuine and authentic about it? Well, I take that back. I guess you could be authentic about the first one if that's something that you're really into. But I'm just going to go ahead and leave that alone. I'm going to move on from that, but, uh, oh man, I'm just laughing. I almost just hit stop right there. I was almost just going to stop recording because I'm just like, wow. But I mean, really the, 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 the two statements, they do go hand in hand. I've never heard either one of them. Here's what I have heard people say. I think I need to cut back on my drinking. I need to quit drinking so much. I drank way too much last night. I feel like crap today from drinking last night. My marriage is messed up because of my drinking. How did I make it home last night? Did I drive home? Oh, man, my wife is mad at me. Dang, she's pissed. Oh, man, my kids, yeah, they're pretty disappointed in me. My health, man, my health is not well. Health is not well. I'm not taking care of myself too well. Listen, you might feel really good. And those are just some of the things that I've heard people say. I'm sure you've heard. Maybe you've said those yourself. Maybe you've thought them. Maybe those are things that you've heard family members or friends say as well. But here's the thing. You might feel really, really good at the height of that buzz you got going on. Man, you could dance. You can laugh. You can talk to anyone. In fact, you can say whatever the heck you want. You got that liquor courage. But that, my friends, is temporary. The point is, in the long run, nothing good comes from drinking alcohol. I've came to that conclusion. Let me elaborate a little further. Alcohol is a temporary solution. It's a temporary solution. Alcohol fixes things for the time being. It can help us escape reality temporarily. It can help us relax temporarily it can help us deal with things like stress like grief like trauma 
temporarily. How about this one? It can even help us dance temporarily. (laughs) You guessed it. You ever been at a wedding and after a few drinks, uh, maybe it's you or maybe it's someone that you know, they think they're Michael Jackson on the dance floor. They're twisting, they're jumping, they're shouting, trying to do the moonwalk. It's fun at the time, the life of the party. It's a blast, man. You're killing it. Crushing it right now. Man, cutting it up. Feeling good. Then the next day while nursing that terrible headache that we've all probably felt at some point in our life if we've drank alcohol, they watch the video that their cousin from another state posted on Instagram of them at the wedding, twisting and jumping and shouting, trying to do the moonwalk, maybe grabbing their crotch, doing the old pelvic thrust. (laughs) That's not so fun now when you see that, is it? (laughs) Who is that guy? Who knows? Your dancing skills, your fun, all of it. It was temporary. Yeah. Not to say maybe you didn't have a good time in the moment. I can appreciate that. But just like the alcohol buzz itself, the relief from reality for those few hours was temporary. Listen, alcohol does not bring us genuine joy. Okay? Alcohol does not bring us genuine joy. Alcohol brings us a temporary manufactured happiness. It's a big lie. Alcohol is one big lie. So whatever we're trying to cover up with alcohol, whether it be we don't know how to have fun, maybe we're super stressed out. Parenting is tough. I get it. You're you're a dad, you're a mom, and you got the stress of work, life, trying to balance everything, pay bills, do make everybody happy, please everybody do the things. But the hell is that? That was the strangest noise ever. Anyways, distracted today. Oh, now clicking now? Okay, little distractions here. It's okay. But whatever it is we're trying to cover up is what I was getting at. The hurt, the loss, the pain, the stress, how to have fun, being a parent, whatever it is. Even the fact that we can't dance, we only cover it up for a short period of time. It's temporary, it's impermanent. And then it's right back upon us the next day if it's stress or um, worry, anxiety, grief, whatever it is, trauma, with a little bit of compound interest on top from the previous day. And as we go, that little interest, as I'll call it in this scenario here, continues to grow, continues to grow. And then we continue to need to medicate or drink more in order to deal with it. So as I started to understand this, I could, well, I had to, I guess, start to ask myself, like, why why do I want to drink right now? What is that urge? And is it going to help me in the long run? And how is it going to make me feel? And that's one way that I've been able to start to understand and, um, and process when I do have urges to drink because they still come up even after almost 10 years. And I imagine that for somebody, maybe if you're listening to this and you're trying to take a break right now, you're trying to quit, you want to do the 30 day challenge and you're like, man, I, I don't even know how am I going to do 
five days without alcohol. I'm, that's what I do. I get it. But when we start to understand the effects, that the aftermath of it, um, the reasons why alcohol sucks, but <laughs> you can start to build a little bit of foundation and put a little bit of legs under that table to help make it stand firm and start to feel like I don't want that in my life. And it starts to, it starts to take shape this new mentality, these new thoughts. And it's a process. It takes a lot. It takes time. Anything is a process. But here's another one too. Here's another one. Alcohol makes you say, well, let me, let me rephrase that. Another reason why alcohol sucks butt and you should quit drinking. <laughs> alcohol makes you say and do stupid things you wouldn't normally do. Alcohol makes you say and do stupid things you wouldn't normally do. How many times have you heard someone say or do something so stupid after they've been drinking? It's so annoying too. You're like, dude, are you kidding me right now? Like, dude, give me a break. I mean, I've never met anyone who became more intelligent the more that they drank. Have you? Because I haven't. Everyone I've met, the more they drank, the dumber they get, and the more annoying they get. I'm not talking about somebody who has a, a beer or two or a glass of wine. Like, that's whatever. And that's do your thing if that's how you, you can drink. I'd never drink like that. Most people who have an issue with substance don't. That's not how we drank. That's not how they drank. It doesn't work like that. The people who continue one after another, I mean, it's, it's annoying after a minute. Let me give you an example. You ever been sitting there talking to someone who's had one too many cocktails <laughs> and they start telling you the same story they just told you like 20 minutes before? It's like the worst, right? You're like sitting there. Yeah, bro. So like, I love to camp. Yeah, man, I love to camp. We should all go camping together, man. We should go camping. Like, I can take our RV, Big Rhonda and the kids. I don't know who Big Rhonda is. That's I, that's her name, I guess. That's the wife's name. Big Rhonda and the kids, they can all hang by the lake and, like, suntan. And we can, like, fish. And we can drink. And we can camp. Maybe, like, drink. <laughs> Have you ever been in one of those conversations just like, dude, shut up. Stop talking to me right now. How can I just turn around and leave? And they're always like right in your face too. Um, what is it with drunk people and personal space? It's like, dang, bro, can you give me some room here? I'm drowning in hot breath vapors that reek of cheap vodka and Pall Mall menthols. Like, get out of my face, bro. Wow. And you're like, yeah, that sounds great. Sounds really great. Except here's a couple of things for you. Number one. That's the third time you've asked me to go camp. Number two, I don't drink. That's the third time I've told you that tonight. And number three, you don't even own an RV. Oh, yeah. I don't. Well, maybe it's my buddy's. <laughs> it's my buddy's RV. Yeah, whatever. Whatever, bro. We're not, we're not, camp, not camping with you. Okay? Or how about the guy that drives better when he's had a few drinks? You ever heard that guy before? Hey, Jim, you, you've had a few too many, bro. Uh, you need to ride home? Nah, man, I drive way better after a few drinks. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that's probably not true, guy. Uh, but you go ahead and do that. Uh, have at it. Hope you don't crash your car or kill anyone or kill yourself or get your fourth DUI. Good luck. 
We say and do the stupidest things that we normally would never do when we're intoxicated, period. This is why some of us should just not drink. And not only should we not drink, some of us can't drink. Alcohol makes us dumb. It impairs our judgment. It makes us crazy. We don't make smart choices. We say stupid things. We repeat ourselves. We occasionally, well, some of us occasionally can be flat out mean and invite alter uh, altercations into the situation because we don't deal with other things in life. And then we get in a certain situation where we've been drinking and I know this happened to me before those things come out in anger, rage, or just craziness. So we get confrontational at times. Sometimes we end up in fights, which brings me to the next one. The next point here, alcohol can make you confrontational. Another reason why alcohol sucks, butt, and you should quit drinking. I had a buddy. Well, let, let me start with this before I, before I tell that story. How many of you listening, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of you, have ever gotten to a fight, whether it be a heated argument, it could just be an argument, your, your spouse, your, a family member, a friend, a random person at an event, or maybe even you got into a physical altercation where alcohol is involved. And how many of you listen, I want you to think about that real quick. Think either someone you knew or, or your own situation. Now, how many of you would agree that if you completely removed alcohol out of that situation, chances are the argument or the fight never happens. And I'm willing to bet almost everybody, probably nine out of 10, there might be one, you know, there might be one situation that, man, I don't know, it didn't really matter. But for the most part, you take alcohol out of any of those situations where there's an argument, a fight, a confrontation, it's probably not going to happen. Like I hear people's issues they're having in life, all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Like, and I hear these stories from people that I love people in family I mean, like people I know random stuff too. And I just go, I, I want to ask them. And I ha actually have asked a couple of them at different points. Like you just told me these crazy things keep happening to you. All this stuff keeps going bad. Your attitude sucks. You, you're over it. This, that. What is the one thing that every single incident that you just told me has in common? Oh, I don't know. It's alcohol. Hello. Like, are you kidding me? How do you not see that? And I don't mean to be like, how do you not see it? But it's frustrating sometimes. And, and then see, even when I said, how do you not see that? Like, I, I have to remember because I will forget. Like, I just forget. Like, I didn't see it personally. I did not see it myself. Okay. And it didn't matter who told me. So I think I'm even learning a little lesson as I'm talking this out right now. Like I have to make sure I remember and I have to make sure under God's provision that I'm, um, giving others grace, just like God gives me grace. And that's very, very important. So just remember that. And I is, and I say that just remember that like myself, like I need to just remember that we can all remember it together like through all this stuff, like it's frustrating. It's, it, it pisses me off sometimes when I think about it, it's different things, but like, Hey, I didn't know either, you know, at the time. And thank God I had a spiritual awakening and something inside of me gave me the, the drive to go on and just say, I'm done, you know, but 
those arguments, those confrontations, the fights, like take the alcohol out and nine times out of 10, it doesn't happen. I'll give you an example of this. We, uh, Jess and I, uh, well, let me, let me tell you this one first too. I had a buddy of mine. I don't know if you've ever had that friend who's like, it's like Dr. Jekyll and Hyde. Like that's the best way I could describe it. Like this guy was the nicest guy when he was sober. He would literally give you the shirt off of his back, hard worker, um, just a good dude. And the minute he started drinking, just a complete, complete asshole. Like, I'm just going to say it, like just wanted to fight and just like talk crap to everyone and just be a dick. And like, I'm just, alcohol did not fit in his, but it did something to him that totally just changed him. And so I I know I've, I've witnessed a couple people like that. Me, a little bit different. I could get crazy at times, um, but I'd, I'd, I'd like to think I wasn't ever just like a, a jerk to everybody. But, um, you know, another another thing I was thinking about, too, that I was reminded when I was thinking about this one, the confrontational piece in alcohol is Jess and I's honeymoon. And so we, we get married. This is when we get married, 2008. Um, we go down to San Diego for our honeymoon. I think we went to like Pacific beach and stayed in a little hotel on the beach and just hung out and we just drank and ate and drank and ate and drank and ate. And that's, I mean, what do you do? <laughs> it's our honeymoon, right? That's what you're supposed to do. And that's what we did. And so lots of drinking going on. Um, and I think we, we went to this little spot called the PB shore club. It's like right, right there on the beach. And I remember eating like mozzarella sticks and like, drinking big beers and taking shots of tequila and just doing the thing. And then Jess had this bright idea. I want to go body surfing. (laughs) Wait, what? You want to go body surfing? Like probably not a good idea. Like we're super hammered right now. Probably not a great idea to go in the ocean right now. That's probably the last thing. No, I'm going to go. My dad taught me how to body surf. I'm going. (laughs) no you're not so long story short we get into this argument and like we march we're all just hammered right tequila does not sit well with the jess or me but especially her she she should not drink tequila ever in her life um she gets insanely crazy and uh so we're we're walking back i think we went back to the room and we're like you know we're distanced and we're arguing back and forth and we're drunk and i'm telling her she's not going in and she's telling me yes she is and <laughs> I think back now it's so hilarious. And, you know, by the end of the day, I think, uh, I don't know, it, it got a little, little wild in the hotel room there for a minute and we ended up passing out and all was well the next day, whatever, like, wait, what happened? And so point, point being like, you take the alcohol out of that, it probably never would have happened ever. I mean, it's a perfect example there. Um, look, we're more likely to find like situations like this, altercations, act erratically, get into fights, arguments with the ones we love and with perfect strangers too. Great show, by the way. Balky, when alcohol is involved, <laughs> involved in our lives, like that's, if alcohol is involved, there's a good chance, um, you know, something could happen that's confrontational versus if it's not, period, end of story. Um, those are just a couple of things that kind of came to mind as I was thinking of those. And there's more to actually have a couple more on the list here, <laughs> but they're like fights. I don't know. Should I tell them? 
Do you want to hear the fight story or no? The fight, I'm not trying to be 40, you know, 42 year old dad living his glory days telling his fight stories when he was intoxicated. But I have a feeling someone out there is probably like, yeah, I want to hear that fight story. Okay, so I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell the fight story. Here we go. I'll make it quick. So the Jess and I, and just for the example, why alcohol sucks butt and you should quit drinking here. And just another reason why, like, stuff like this would not happen if I'm not drinking because I'm not even here in the first place. So we, I don't remember what show it was, maybe Deftones. We went to this like show out in Sacramento one night. Maybe I played a show. I think that's what it was. I was in a bunch of punk rock and hardcore bands back in the day. We played a show at the Boardwalk, I think in Orangeville, California. And after the show, we come back and we come back to Vacaville and it's like after midnight and we go to this Denny's. And it was like me, Jess, and I think my buddy Steve and our friend Nikki. And we're sitting there and there's this group of dudes over in the booth to the to the right and i'm clearly intoxicated we had all been drinking that night um these guys are clearly intoxicated as well as you can tell and it's a denny's i mean it's late night no, nothing good ever happens at a denny's after midnight let me just start with that so long story short a guy comes over and i, I remember it vividly but he he basically called the Jess the B word like shut up <laughs> and if there's one thing that really like makes me upset is when I hear another man call a woman that especially if it's my lady and so that didn't go over too well and so um yeah it was an all-out brawl in the middle of Denny's I'll just leave it at that I was throwing salt and pepper shakers I shattered a glass thing I got put in a chokehold i got out of the chokehold well come to find out this group and the dude who initially started it at the table was super drunk too and uh the group though was a bunch of bouncers from like a a, a place called like texas jacks or something that was down the road um this dancing club or whatever and um so i got arrested um i had blood all over my hand i broke a bunch of stuff inside the denny's and uh, <laughs> it was a very interesting, uh, interesting story. And I haven't told that story, I don't think, ever. So that's probably the first and the last time you'll ever hear it. Um, but here's the point. Had I not been drinking, probably wouldn't have been at Denny's in the first place. And probably that would have never happened. Um, I didn't end up having to go to jail or they actually dropped all the dropped everything on that because I didn't start it eventually, but it was a pain in the butt and it wasn't fun and it wasn't cool. So um, there is the one time only fight story. You're so tough, Reamer. Here we go. <laughs> oh man. How about hangovers though? How about hangovers? Um, here's another thing that I've yet to ever hear anyone say. Oh man, this hangover I have today is just so great. <laughs> I wish I could have hangovers like these more often. They're just great, man. God, I feel so good about myself today. And it's all because of this awesome hangover. Like, have you ever heard anybody say that? I never have. I've never said that. I've never thought it. Hangovers are the worst, especially if you're in your 30s or 40s. And as you continue to get older, if you have hangovers, there's probably there's maybe something wrong there. You might want to have a second thought about that. But Here's, have you ever tried to take care of kids with hangover too? Oh man. I remember like, I think Lucy was almost three before I actually quit drinking, but there was plenty of times trying to take care of a baby when you're not feeling well. Yeah. That's straight miserable, straight miserable. Or how about, how about going to work hungover? 
I had to take a quick drink there. I remember drinking and partying all night and then having to go to work. I was slinging drywall at the time, slinging mud, a drywall finisher. Taper. I'm a taper. I used to think it meant like putting duct tape on the wall. What's a taper? Before I knew, before I did the, the trade. It's not putting duct tape on the wall. It's not putting spackle on the wall. As Jess, <laughs> how was your, Jess, I'd come home, Jess, how was your day? Did you have fun putting spackle on the wall? <laughs> it's not spackle. Dang, it's not spackle. I'm not a spackler. I'm a drywall finisher. I'm a taper. It's hard work though. Hard work. Got to hustle. Got to hustle. You got to work hard. If you don't show up, you get fired. If you're slow, you get fired. Or you just get stuck caulking all day or doing fire tape. Man, I would drive out to the city, drive out to San Jose. I mean, we drove all over the place. Did side jobs after work. Hard, hard work. And that said, I can remember still just such a dumbass partying all night and then having to go to work at like 4.45 a.m. driving to San Francisco to sling some drywall mud all day and try to hold it all together. It's absolutely miserable. Absolutely miserable. Like, why do I do it? And I remember it every day. Like, man, why do I do this to myself? Like, why do I continue? And then what would I do? Drink on the way home and then get home and drink some more and then do it all over again. Many, many, many times. There's something wrong with those with that situation, with that um, lifestyle, that way to live. And I knew it. I could feel it inside. It wasn't, it's not like I was like, hey, this is great. It was just, I didn't know how to get out of it. It was a cycle. And uh, I finally just, I started to think about it too. Just like, I'm getting too old for this. Like, I'm too old to be hung over. Like, why? I'm not 20 anymore. Like, it's time to grow up, bro. <laughs> time to grow up. So hangovers suck. We've established that. How about how about the price of alcohol? How much do you spend on alcohol? How much money do you spend? Probably a lot. I mean, think back about how much you've spent on alcohol. I, I couldn't even tell you. But since I have quit drinking, I know on the low end, I've saved an estimated about $39,000 just on alcohol alone. And that's a pretty like conservative number considering, but I wanted to be realistic as, as possible because um, alcohol is expensive. It adds up. It's not cheap. And just like it, it's like, it's not cheap anymore. And I guess you can get cheap. If you get some St. Ides maybe or what else? Some 211. I used to get a lot of 211 because it was cheap. But man, stuff's gnarly. I think even at one point, what's the one that, uh, is it five locos? <laughs> I don't know. Towards the end there, I was drinking some cheap stuff, man. <laughs> oh, I used to love the Carlos Rossi too. That was some cheap wine. Top of the line, wine, Carlos Rossi. Oh yeah. But man, we were so strapped financially back in the day too. I But here's the thing, like I always found a way to buy beer. I always found a way to buy cigarettes. I always found a way to buy whatever it was that I could get my hands on. And it's like, man, like, hey, can't pay the light bill this week. But, uh, man, good thing I got all my Mickey's grenades and all my other stuff. You know, we're good. It's cool. We'll figure it out. I got it. 
like spending so much money on that and just not even caring. Like, I think you should do, if you, if you just look up to like alcohol calculator or alcohol expense calculator, I think if you, if you search that, I think that's what I did for what, what popped up. It'll let you type in like how much you spend a day on alcohol, how much, um, or how many drinks you have, how much each drink costs, and then it'll multiply it by like the number of, of um, days or years or whatever, or weeks. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's, it's pretty easy to do. And you can just see, like, look, just estimate if, say you've been drinking for 10 years or 20 years, like just estimate what you've spent over that course and just get, like give yourself a modest, like conservative number. To, you want it to be on the, you know, like try to be as realistic as possible and then see like how much you've spent on alcohol. And it's probably not going to be right exactly correct, but it, you can get it close. And just to give you an idea and you're going to go, holy crap, that's insane. Like, wow. Imagine what I could have do with that $39,000. What could you do with that? I mean, it was crazy. Had I been drinking that time? I didn't even do this set. Like I drank for about 17, 18 years. I should have done that one. I didn't even think about that, how much I actually spent on alcohol, which would be a little harder to do, I think, because it's all over the place. But, you know, different times. Sometimes we're going hard. Sometimes we're letting up a little bit. It all balances out, though. But, man, like, it's funny. I remember, too, like, buying vodka and, like, hiding it in in my golf bag so my wife wouldn't find it. (laughs) You ever do that one, guys? Come on. Don't lie. You know, maybe you got a secret hiding spot. Hey, look, if you're hiding bottles... I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm not saying you you need to, I'm not calling you any, any names or specific titles. And you know what I'm talking about? Like you got a problem. You're an alcoholic. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But if you're hiding bottles or beers or sneaking shots or sneak, like, so your wife doesn't find out or somebody like, there's probably an issue there. It's going to point that out. It might be something to take a look at. Okay, that's for you to assess, though, not for me. I'm not just, just bringing it to the light, right? <laughs> How many times have you been to an event or a game? Let's let's talk about this one. Been to like a baseball game, hockey game, um, some sort of event. How much money do you spend on alcohol? I can remember so many times, like going to A's games in Oakland and just like standing in line the whole time. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Literally standing in line most of the game, just buying beers. Or drinking in the parking lot and then not even going into like the sixth, seventh inning, watching like one inning, barely watching it because I'm hammered, and and then and then leaving, you know, and going to drink more. How much money was spent? Like just go to a, a, a baseball game now too. It's like fifteen bucks for a beer. That's insane. So you're gonna spend a bunch of money so you like to feel like shit. Basically, you're spending money so you you feel like crap. Like that's it. What is the point of that? Like, there's no point in that to me. It's absolute, it's dumb <laughs> for that temporary feeling. Like, nah, I, I'm, man, I'm so glad that I just, I, I don't have to do that anymore. And neither do you. If it's something, if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking like, man, that is something maybe I want to try. I just want to go 30 days and see what it's like. Like no alcohol. You're going to save a ton of money. Like a ton. Like how much money would you save? Like do the math. Go get that calculator and look. And that alone might be enough to make you go, wow, okay, I'm at least going to like, I'm going to try this and see what happens. And um, I encourage you to do so. Just ch- I mean, check it out. Who knows? What's going to hurt? How many times you got to dinner too? Most of the time 
you go out to dinner, you drink, the alcohol bill costs more than the food itself. Like, just think about how much money you'd save in that. Like, man, it's insane. Like, going out to dinner is expensive today, too. Like, we'll go, one of our favorite places here in Vacaville is Pietro's, and we'll go there, and like, no alcohol, it's almost 100 bucks. Like, can you imagine if I was drinking, and Jess was drinking, and man, we'd be a few hundred just to go out. But here's, here's the thing. I'll tell you one thing that finally woke me up. I realized that I'm getting in fights, I'm getting in arguments, I'm saying stupid things, I'm doing stupid things, I'm spending all this money on a temporary solution to a spiritual problem. And let me say that one more time. I'm spending all this money doing all this crazy stuff for a temporary solution to a spiritual problem. Check out 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. I was spiritually asleep, spiritually dead inside, spiritually sick, as some would say. I had no foundation of God. I believed in God, but had no relationship with him. I was raised Catholic. Jesus was a part of my I, I, I always believed in God. I always believed in Jesus. I always had a connection to something higher, but I had no relationship. It's totally different. And I, I feel like I should probably do a whole conversation with somebody or a, a podcast, I don't know, but on the difference between rela- a relationship with God and religion, because I feel like so many dudes out there will never connect spiritually with God with something higher because they're looking at it from a religious standpoint, which I, it sucks. Religion sucks, period. Like it just does. Sorry. Um, a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus is completely different and it's absolutely amazing. It's the only way that I can get through each day, period. So I continued to spend more money. I continued to do stupid things. I continued to do, say, be, act, all the things, wear the mask, try to do like every, you know what I mean? Like just, I was try, try, try. And it was nothing. It was, everything was temporary. I was looking for a solution to all my problems when all my problems were really self-inflicted and all it was, was a lack of spiritual connection to God. And that was the real issue. That was the real issue. And so Here's what I'll end with today. According to the World Health Organization, there's approximately, there's approximately 3 million deaths every year worldwide as a result of alcohol abuse. That's a lot of people. That's 5.3% of overall deaths. Not to mention all the debauchery, the broken families, the health issues, the support of these like huge corporations who are making billions and billions and billions of dollars on the backs of all of these broken families and health issues and debauchery. Um, and they don't, they, they, they don't care. They're making money. I'll go back to my opening statement. Never have I heard anyone say my drinking habits have really improved my life. Never check this one out. Only about 8% of the over 15 million people who reported wanting help or wanting to quit drinking actually got help for it. 
Think about that for a minute. That's a lot of people who are still floundering, wandering, lost, not connected to God. A lot of souls out there who need to be saved from themselves, from a poison that I believe is one of the biggest roadblocks to your to finding your true purpose, to finding and accepting that offer that God gives us to know that he loves us and that he has a wonderful plan for our life. Alcohol blocks that, blocks us from seeing it, blocks us from feeling it. And maybe that's why when we access that, we're extremely powerful, free human beings. And maybe that is why there's a liquor store in every corner. There's liquor and, and beer and booze that's constantly marketed to us and it's everywhere we go go to a, a sporting event it's everywhere i went to the niner game i think i talked about this um on an earlier podcast or maybe i didn't maybe i was in a conversation i don't know who knows <laughs> but i just noticed all of the alcohol advertising that was there like in niner stadium and it's just everywhere sport i mean any any event like that it's crazy and so man like that's a huge, it's a huge issue. And we don't even know it a lot of the time. It's just subconscious because the advertising and the social uh, acceptability of it is so common. And it's a lot of us grew up in that generations. Like come home, you have a drink. Like here's a drink. Mom, you know, mom was waiting at home for dad in, in her apron and she gave him a drink. That's just what they did. You know, and it's just, who knows? Like, I'm not here like judging or whatever. I don't really care. I'm just saying like, I don't care to, I'm, what am I saying? I'm not saying that like, you're stupid for that or that's bad for that. You should like, I get it. I get it. We've been conditioned is what I'm saying. And it's time that we break that conditioning. We break these cycles. We break what we've been told, what the media has bombarded us with, with this advertising and social acceptability of alcohol. I'm over it. I'm over it. It's I'm done. I hate it. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I try to be nice about it. I, I'm, I'm really not. I really don't. I'm just, I'm just done with it because it's affected too many people in my life that I know and that I love and that I watch. I watch it destroy their lives, and it continues to do so for some of the people that I love most. And I'm over it. Check this out. Out of about 35 people, when I went to treatment about 10 years ago, roughly, almost, almost 10 years ago, after five years, I did a follow up. There was 35 people in there when I was in there for 30 days. After five years, I was the only one who was still sober. Now, I'm not saying that like, look at me. I'm the only one who's sober. <laughs> F you. That's not what I'm saying at all. So don't take it the wrong way. What I'm saying is the odds are not in our favor. The odds are not in our favor for this stuff because that's how powerful these spirits. You ever notice they call them spirits? Why do you think that is? And they rob your spirit straight up, rob you, rob you of your purpose, rob you of your connection. I was the only one. I couldn't believe that, man. I was like, are you serious? I think there's a couple of people who lasted a couple of years, but after five, only one. Like I said, alcohol is so socially acceptable. It's everywhere you go. Not to mention, like I did mention again, how much money alcohol companies and these big corporations are making off of their sales that are literally killing people and destroying people's lives. 
period. That said, here's what I'll end with. We got to make a choice. We have free will. We have to take responsibility at some point for our own actions. We can't just sit back and blame the alcohol companies either. That's not what I'm trying to sound like I'm doing. They definitely play a part, but we have to make a decision at some point on which path we want to take. What path do you want to go? What is You have free will. You have a choice to make. If you want to quit, then quit. We got some great resources and um, things that can help you do that. There's plenty of them out there, not just sober guy. There's all kind. It's insane how many people now are sober and like are out in the public talking. It's it's out, it blows my mind every day. There was nobody doing this ten years ago. Maybe Dr. Drew. Maybe I think there was an AA podcast. And I'm not saying like oh I'm the best, but like there when I looked back like there was nobody. And there's so many options today. So there's no excuse is what I'm getting at. There's no excuse. Like there's plenty of stuff, but there can be all the stuff. If you're not ready and you don't want it, then you don't want it and you're not ready and you need to drink some more. That's just the way it is sometimes. For me, the only way I've been able to find some relief and some clarity is through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're going, what does that even mean? I'd love to connect with you. I'll sh- I'd love to share it a little bit with you. You can click the contact button at thatsoberguy.com. Send me a message if you have questions. Um, if you want to find more resources, you want to see what life with alcohol is like for 30 days by checking out our Quit Drinking Dude 30 Day Challenge, you can do so by going to thatsoberguy.com. Bunch of other podcasts, all kinds of good stuff on there. I love you guys. I hope some spoke to you today. Peace, love, and respect. And keep your blood clean. <laughs>